Hope everybody's having a good weekend. Hope everybody's having a good week, good night, good morning. Wherever you are, however you are. Hope you're in a good place. So many of us aren't. So many of us aren't in a good place. So many of us never let pain go away. Take everything personally. Always sees the wrong in every situation. And it affects not only us personally, but everything we see. It affects. So many people I talk to have said they suffer from some sort of dis- uh, disorder, depression, bipolar, mania, whatever you want to call it, however you want to, whatever level you want to say it as. You know, all of us are going through something right now. This year, how could you not? <laughs> how could you not go through something? How could you not feel either when either when you were in quarantine that the walls were closing in, that every day was repeating itself, that you couldn't put a smile on your face? You know, that would drive a person. That would drive a person to places that they wouldn't never thought they'd go, like thoughts and things of that nature. And then with what happened socially and what's still going on right now. How could you not be affected by that? How could that not drive you crazy when you have friends going against you now? Family going against you now? Your husband, your wife may be going against you now. Because you want to feel for certain people when they don't. And they still want to hate or vice versa. There's so many different levels so many different things that we have in this society now that could bring us down so how is it how is it that some are smiling some are still finding reasons to fight and others are just sitting back and not knowing what to do not knowing not not knowing how to do anything there's so many people that have lost their drive so many people that have lost their determination and lost themselves within what's happening now. Whether it be C-19 or what's going on right now with the social unrest. You can't help but feel something. It's driving a lot of people crazy. can't go to the hospital why can't you go to the hospital because they're so backed up with everything the help that we would normally get when we need it we can't receive it now you know now things are being held every conference and every meeting is being held on the phone and no one's no one's coming around people no one is having that much human interaction that's very healthy for some people It's very healthy to just sit across from a person, share a cup of coffee, split a soda, whatever. You know know what I mean. Share a meal or something like that. The things that we take for granted, the things that helped us. I myself went through a 
went through a bout of depression and I'm on the side of it to where I can cope with it now because I'm not going to say I'm over it because I still have those moments where I get down about something or I'm or I feel or I feel I'm stopping something or someone get down on myself because I honestly thought I was done I was over my bout of depression my bout of everything that I was going through when I just made that complete shift in my life thought it was all over with but as I'm coming to find out nothing is over with you just have days where you can cope with it more you have days where you just don't pay attention to it We all, you know, we all, uh, all, I'm sorry, <laughs> we all have our different ways of coping. Some cope with sitting down, reading a book, meditation, listening to music, talking to certain people in their lives, making things, you know, some cope by running, exercise. There's so many different ways we cope with things to basically center ourselves back, put ourselves right back in the in the mind state that we were in when we were able to handle things and keep things in perspective and keep things going. So many of us have lost that way. Like I said, if you're ever going through anything, just reach out to me. I'm here. And I've, and I've had conversations with some beautiful people who just needed to be reminded of how beautiful they were. And I'm not saying outer, outer looks because outer looks don't matter. But I just mean how beautiful your mind is. <clears throat> how beautiful that thought is. Or how beautiful that idea is. You, know, you shouldn't let anything kill your creativity. And pretty much this entire year, <laughs> has killed a lot of things within people. And I didn't mean to make that a bad joke or a bad pun because of the people that have lost their lives. I didn't mean that, so don't take it there. But it's like I stated before, it's kind of hard to just let things not affect you and move on with your life because you don't want to feel selfish. And believe me, I understand. Believe me, I was there. Hell, I'm still there. But I still find ways to try to do my best. And there's still things that are happening for myself that can, in turn, happen for a lot of people around me. There are still things happening. I'm just giving them their time. Everyone knows my ideas. Everyone knows my stance on things. Everyone knows my approach. So I'm just giving everyone else time that they need to cope and get together with things and put things in perspective for themselves. Because you want to make sure, pardon me, you want to make sure you do things right now. Like, I know so many people who feel like, all right, so we don't have room to mess up, really. 
we don't have room to make a mistake now because everything is so limited in the world we don't have room for fuck ups I agree and disagree I agree that things are limited the space for creativity is limited I agree with that but to say that we don't have room for fuck ups I honestly don't feel that's true I still think we should take our chances and there's no way there's no way for us to know if these are right chances or wrong we, we don't know we just still because there are still people who's taking, who, are, who are being taken advantage of especially now whether it be donations whether it be um, what they're representing whether it be the person you, you never know so much is being exposed this year as I stated before so you don't know who to trust so that's why I said, you know, I'm, I'm trusting myself and believing in my abilities and my and my wants and things of that nature and not really going, riding on the coattails of anyone else. And, you know, to go back to the, the depth of creativity, so to speak, and the conversations that I've had with people, you know, I still tell them that, you know, don't let your mind stop. I tell my children the same thing. Don't let your mind quit. Always seek knowledge. And just like I told them, you know, on certain occasions that the, edu- the education they get in school isn't the only education they're going to get. So like I tell them now is the time to to learn more about yourself instead of what you're just told to do in a sense you know now you must make your own work and see what you want to accomplish your own things in life instead of just what the school has taught you you know I've gotten my our oldest daughter into a school that's sort of geared that way and you know I've had a a lot of nice conversations with the principal of that school, which in turn let her make the decision to go to the school. And in turn, she's going to hopefully influence influence her younger brother and her younger sister into the school as well. And it'll just allow to nourish their creativity and allow them to grow as individuals instead of the same curriculum for every child and not really paying attention to the fact to the fact that our children don't learn the same. You know, that's part of what the principal told me and that's really stuck out to me. That they really geared themselves toward the individual. But I'm going off subject. I'm going off subject. I was speaking on depression. I was speaking on bipolar disorder. I was speaking on things of that nature and it's the reason why I was speaking on those things it's because of what I'm seeing with Kanye West and everyone's gonna gonna make their jokes by he's under the Kardashian curse and this or that and this is gonna be the only time where I speak on things like this I know this is really 
which is really not what I do, but this is going to be the only time where I speak on things like this. It's because I myself can see that this man is crying for help. You know, there, when you have these episodes, and a lot of it is stemming, I believe, and some people I've talked to believed as well, they can see a lot of their feelings in him. Like they've lost parents, they've, they've lost loved ones. They don't know how to handle it. They don't know how to express, express it health, healthy in a healthy manner to where it's helping them. They always feel attacked and they always feel like they have to fight back in a sense. Very emotional or like I said, I myself have been that same way. Myself have been that same way. I haven't... <clears throat> I haven't had the suicidal thoughts. I haven't had the thoughts where I wanted to harm myself or anyone else, but the hurt I've seen, I've witnessed that. I've witnessed the hurt. I've witnessed the helplessness. And that's where I can relate there. But... But to know that so many of us are struggling with the same disorder, this the behavior shift and the chemical imbalance, and I mean it's not. <clears throat> I don't want to say it's it's as simple as just getting help or taking pills or things of that nature. I honestly don't feel it's that. I honestly don't feel it's just it could just be somebody to talk to somebody to reach out you know so many people have said all of the celebrity friends that he claims he has a lot of them need to just go to him talk to him and I've seen some and I've seen them in in company of people who care for him celebrities who actually care for him because if you didn't care you wouldn't be there especially with what's going on now and I've seen some people by his side and hopefully it helps because sometimes that's all you need is just someone by your side and I like him and I sort of connect that to uh, to Donnie Hathaway I'm not going to spend too much time on other people's lives because you know this is not what I do you guys know that I, um, I connect Kanye to Donnie Hathaway you know for those who don't know who Donnie Hathaway is he suffered from, and this was back in the 70s, he suffered a, a musical genius, a musical genius. Just just search the name Donny Hathaway and you'll see his influence. And he actually had, um, he actually has a star from the St. Louis Walk of Fame here. You know, he was very important. Even though he was born in Chicago, he still has a lot of ties here in St. Louis. And heavy influence on on the music scene here back in his time and even today. He threw himself from a 15-story window with the es- at the Essex Hotel in New York City. And because he was suffering from so much, he was saying people were trying to kill him. He was saying his life wasn't his. He was saying people were doing things to his brain very similar to what we hear from Kanye and very similar to what we hear from 
very similar to what we hear from just normal people. You know, when someone tells you that so many people have said, like, man, somebody's trying to kill me or this person, this person is doing that. And then that's thing you know, it comes true. You know, so many people have had these dreams and nightmares and thoughts and feelings where they were being harmed and you just never know. You don't want to pay attention to it because you don't want to sort of feed it. But sometimes you have to just listen to a person and hear their thoughts. And even if it sounds crazy, like, you know, somebody, they, they, they did experiments on me or they're messing with my brain or someone's trying to kill me. Sometimes you just need to sit that person down and just let them express it. Let them express it. Because you never know you could be saving a life. I mean, multiple lives. Because when you lose one life, you know, you never know. You never know how many people that person affects. You never know how many people that person has connected to his or her wealth. Or just just presence. You never know. And I mean, in so many so many times you hear people speak on the negativities of their life or they just or, or they cry or they're feeling sad those are the moments where you don't need to just sit down and just you don't need to sit them down and tell them everything that you feel or how you feel that they are I've made that mistake as well to where I've sat down with people or had conversations with people and I've told them so many beautiful kind things and they never and, and they never felt one of them because I was doing all of the talking. Even though they thanked me or whatever, whatever. But like I said, I'm no doctor or nothing like that. But I do feel that I that I have a connection to people and I care. But a lot of the times you just need to shut shut up and listen. And you don't have all the answers. Maybe the person that you're talking to doesn't have any answers on how to fix themselves. But just allowing them that safe space to be in because that may be the only safe space that they have in their lives. You you never know that. You know that you never know that. And so many, so many people have told me, like, Harrison, I feel safe talking to you or expressing things to you. And I'd say, and they was like, you can talk about it on your podcast, go ahead. And I'm like, I'm not gonna mention who you are or mention your exact story. But I know so many people like you. And it's and I'm and I'm one myself, so I'm not trying to say that I'm better than anybody. No, 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 no. I'm not saying I'm better than anybody. I'm a part of that. I'm a part of that community as well. Just that I, I seem to be on the lower end of it. I mean, yeah, I still have my bad days, my bad moments, but I don't try to, I don't try to harm myself or harm others and do anything detrimental to my everyday life. I don't. But I still can relate. So sometimes it's just listening to that person or those people and just letting them get it out. Sometimes it's just that simple, letting them get it out to where it's no longer inside their head anymore. 
they talked about it it's gone but it's gone because sometimes that's that's all you need to do in life is just talk about it all right this is how i feel regardless of how the words sound if it makes sense or not it's how they feel it's how that person feels so we just don't need to look at it as as just gibberish or whatever or they just they don't know what they're talking about they they know what they're talking about because it's their life their life is their thoughts and they just need someone to listen to them so reason why i brought up kanye and kanye west and donnie hathaway is because they're well-known people with everyday problems and that that disorder that destroys so many different people So it's not just, I'm just speaking on them. That's a problem that we suffer from. You know, just like I mentioned a few podcasts ago where a lot of a lot of people in the inner city suffer from PTSD. From the way we grew up and what we go through. And what we go through, what we've witnessed and what we really haven't had. proper separation from no proper separation in order to heal you know if you're constantly reminded of what happened or constantly in that environment the only thing you're gonna you're gonna feel is I just need to survive you know I've read stories and seen videos of people who were in very bad areas you know bullets used to to whiz through their windows and things of that nature but it was just constant it was just constant violence constant struggle and they slept on the floor so they slept on the floor so much the point to where when they escaped that environment moved into a better neighborhood and were and was able to have some stability in their life the only thing that they mentally knew and even though if they got a bed or like I said we're in a better area their mentality was to sleep on the floor because you always want to be prepared you know sleeping on the floor with your shoes on just in case somebody you know shoots through the window or kicks in the door or something like that you you always must prepare yourself for those things or, you know, sleep with a gun under your pillow or close to your hand. You, you never know. You know, those are the same, some of the same things that you're taught in war to always be prepared. You know, have things close to you that you can get up and move with quickly. You know, learn how to properly sleep, properly breathe, properly breathe while you sleep and things of that nature that you're taught like in survival in survival situations and even though we're not we're not placed here we're not deployed in these bad areas we this is home to a lot of people so that really puts you in 
puts you in a bad social state early on because you can't trust anyone. You can't be vulnerable. You can't be emotional. Most places you can't even smile. And you're already at a disadvantage if you can't show who you are. You can't be yourself in your environment or in your household because you're afraid of if you show weakness, they'll prey on you. That's also something that needs to be addressed there. You know, there's so much out there for, and not to say that there isn't any any help or any or anything for inner city youth or just any inner city people or just people in general who go through those things. And I don't mean to just keep saying it's inner city because it's not all. I live in the inner city and, you know, we're a pretty happy household. I know plenty of happy households. Yes, is there violence? Yeah. There's violence everywhere. People need to realize that. There's violence everywhere. So it's not just these bad areas. It's, it's, it's violence everywhere. something that needs to be addressed as well I mean I know there's programs and things for that but it's more advertised and more known that it's for veterans of war or you know people who have been to war and what they go through and what they suffer you know you don't have to you don't have to go go across country or go to another another continent or whatever to just it drop in and all of a sudden you're at war. I'm at war every day I wake up. Every day I come outside, I'm at war. Yeah, I mean, it's not a... I mean, I, I try to find ways to to cope with the things that I see or the things that I go through and a lot of the things that I went through haven't really escaped me just like I know plenty of people just like that you know you're always on guard or you can't really find the reasons to to escape from it because you're always going to be you you sort of programmed to know that you're one step away from going right back if, if you've escaped it so to speak if you've escaped it, you know, you're one step, you're one step away from just going back to it. Because you, you know what you're used to it. It's like the people in jail don't, the ones that I know don't really know how to rehabilitate because they aren't given the tools, they aren't given the separation, as I stated, to evolve and to grow out of what they were placed into because you know being institutionalized is also horrible in places I mean I know a lot of cases it worked it works I mean there are few who escape it and grow to live bigger lives and actually live their purpose but so many more who just get lost this is actually going to be a two-part, two-part episode that I may lead with. Got a good friend of mine coming on, and uh, he's gonna 
explain a lot of things that I that I want to try to explain. I just you know, don't have I don't have the knowledge to explain it basically. And you know, there's a good friend of mine. He's gonna come on. He's gonna speak on a lot of the things that we're going through and a lot of the of ways that we can break through this. Uh, through everything that's going on socially and the brutality and everything that's going on, you know, nationwide. It's going to be a good, good educational moment for a lot of people, including myself. Okay, and as promised from um, earlier, I was going to have on a good friend of mine from work, and we have a lot of, we share a lot of the same sentiment when it comes to wanting to affect change and wanting to bring about change, everlasting change, not just change for a moment or for a season, just everlasting change. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce, or let you, I'm going to let you introduce yourself if you want to, Matt. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Matthew Mueller. Uh, I'm a socialist from South County. Well, actually, I guess I, I there's a lot of contention on socialism. I think I'm actually a socialist. Uh-huh. So, <clears throat> yeah, so um, I did a lot of, actually a lot of research on this, the state of everything as we talked about and talking to you you know you have really opened my eyes up to a lot of different things because you're connected more than I am so um if <laughs> so if there's anything that you can that you can share that that uh, like a, a website or a certain person or a certain you know call of action or something like that that's going on not just in our area but maybe more nationwide yeah um in st louis there are actually a couple of really good groups that are like pushing for change uh-huh. um there's this group expect us they have a facebook group and they organize a shitload of protests um i actually went to one of them uh-huh. and there's a there's a little bit to be said um one of the one of the conflict journalists who's been covering portland robert evans right. uh he's on twitter um he said, he said something that really made me think about how these protests should be. Uh-huh. And his, his philosophy on it is that you are not draining police resources. If right. you're not making police expend all their tear gas, or if you're not making them clock so much overtime that their budget looks like. Exactly. Uh, that it's not really an effective protest. I don't, I don't know how much I agree with that because I think that also creates a lot of uh-huh. a tendency in protesters to kind of right. overact, which there's some leeway to like overacting protests because this is, this is systemic violence and it's been going on for 300 something years. Uh-huh. Um, but they do a lot of organizing, they do a lot of rallying. Um, okay. They arrange for like marches through all over St. Louis, not just in the city. I think like I think less of them have been in the city than right. out in the top of Florida. 
Right. Uh, they've been super active in Florida. Okay. And they're they're great. Um, the other one, I I know I've told you about it. I've told everybody I know about it because it is the most amazing thing. Uh, they rebranded recently. Uh, Riot Ribs. They were a essentially a mutual aid like free food group. They mm-hmm. kind of spawned out of this one guy who came out on the Fourth of July and started cooking grill and ribs for people in Portland. Um, they had some internal drama recently. Some guy was trying to like actually take profit. Um, really? Oh yeah. There's always there's, that one guy or woman. What's that? There's always that one guy or girl that that tried to. <laughs> Wow. What they did is really inspiring. I think it. I think it's probably the best thing about 2020. Um, so what would happen? What had happened with them is they settled into that park in Portland, which was, as I found out, was a huge spot for the homeless. It was like a homeless encampment. Uh-huh. And they settled in. You know, they started cooking ribs. They got like people to come in and volunteer and do shifts and all that. And they made ribs, gave it to people, gave it Mm-hmm. Um, after this all started, they had realized they had $330,000 in donations. They, wow. they had no way to spend because people were coming in. They were donating, like, they were donating the meat. They were donating seasoning, grills, like, water. Um, so they went on a very public Twitter thread because um, they've got a huge following. Uh, they, they've kind of become just this this perfect encapsulation of what the moment can be. Right. This, like, this sudden just burst of good that, you know, it feels good to read about them, you know? Mm-hmm. People feeding everybody, no matter who. Exactly. Uh, but they are dissolving Riot Rift, and they rebranded as Revolution Rift now. Okay, okay. And they went about, and they donated, I think, a solid, like, third of the donations they had made more. Um... But they donated them by like cash app to other like mutual aid stations that yeah. like come up in. And they were shouting them out too. So, you know, you've got this huge following and you just start scouting out all the other places, like these street medics, these, these people who are buying like lacrosse sticks to like swoop up the tear can tear gas canisters and throw them back. Wow. All these different organizations. <laughs> they're just shouting out. And it, it has this effect of creating a network of these mutually, and that, that's amazing. I'm super impressed by that. Yeah, that is good. I was speaking with an older, older gentleman, actually today, as a matter of fact, at work. Um, it was a older guy, he was a black guy, and he was um, just talking about all of the wrong and the way it should be done or the way that it was done when he was coming up, you know, the way of the way of Martin and then that way, that's the correct way of protesting. That's the correct way to get things done and change. <clears throat> and um, I brought it to his attention that they murdered him. And I'm like, I'm, I'm sure he knew that, but I mean, I, I brought it to his attention. They murdered him. They murdered JFK. I mean, John Lewis passed of, you know, natural causes, but he was always on the side of get in good trouble, make noise, make sure you make a change. 
And he was just saying it's a lot of hooligans. And he actually used the word hooligans. This is 2020. <laughs> but uh, he said there's a lot of hooligans out there just making a lot of noise. And they just want a reason to riot and a reason to break stuff. And I'm like, okay, then. So I feel I'm not, a, I don't agree with all of it. No, I don't. But something had to be done that drastic so you can realize your wrongs. Exactly. But he didn't believe it. He believed in, you know, just just do it the right way, do it the democratic way, the political way. And I'm like, you actually are standing there as just a man, not even a man of color, but as a man telling me to do things the right way. So you want me to fall in line and you want us to just give up this fight because and if I'm wrong, Matt, tell me I'm wrong. But I honestly feel that this right now, this is the most change that we've ever seen. Am I wrong? Oh, no, you're absolutely right. Like um, the most change that we've ever seen. And I'm not saying the 60s and the 70s didn't do anything. Or any other any other revolution, if you want to call this that. I'm not saying they didn't do anything, but there's so many times where we just had to sit back and just take so much. And no, I'm not just talking about people of color or black or Indian or whatever. I mean, all of us who just want to be, just want to be together. Like we we tried it their way. So now you're you're dealing with this generation. This isn't a group of 50 year olds. This isn't Woodstock and shit like that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we're equipped with not only the, the physical capabilities, as you were saying, to come together, but this this is the digital age. So we can beat you in so many different ways. Yeah, places like Twitter or like all these kind of, um, there's a lot of like encrypted chat apps that people are using. Um, Signal or, uh-huh. or all of these are creating it is just completely changed how protests work. Exactly. Massive, spontaneous, uh, sudden action. I saw I saw some nights where uh, I'd just be scrolling through Twitter and I'd see a riot ribs tweet mm-hmm. and they'd say, Need cooks, cops are on the way and I look through replies that it'd be like 50 something people like on the way on the way coming. wow you, can't, you couldn't have that before sure couldn't before, yeah and everybody knew about it like before and after nobody knew what happened during because not so many people had you know camera camera phones or things like that or the or the word about wasn't as huge as it is now like you said so many people were like I'm on the way I'm on the way look at the is it the 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 group in Portland? Are they the Moms Against something? What are they called? Uh, I've seen groups with like Moms Against Police Brutality. That's what it is. And then you got the dads, the older went the older yeah. men with the uh, leaf blowers and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I, I, uh, go ahead. Oh no! It's just it's hilarious to see. Just this perfect encapsulation of just 
solidarity from every angle. Exactly. And it's not just one. Or it's not just young. It's not just old. It's everybody. Yeah. It's everybody. And I think that, like when I was talking to the guy earlier, or many people I talked to about this, I honestly feel that what we're doing now, like word to mouth and actually just staying together, having these conversations, taking this elsewhere instead of just, oh, yeah, this is just something cool to talk about or something like that. We're actually affecting more than we think because, yes, we spoke at work, but most people speak at work just because you're there. Not so many people actually want to get to know someone or make sure that they're okay or, you know, how most people are at work. I just want to make sure you come to work so I can get off or I don't have to work as hard. But I actually want to get to know people, and that's sort of a fault, too, because, you know, you meet a lot of assholes in life. But you actually meet some great people like yourself who are very like-minded like me who actually thinks and reads and, you know, wants to sorry about that and wants to learn and wants to see a better future not just for myself but everybody coming coming behind me i mean shit even even the people ahead of me exactly exactly the people ahead exactly like there's there's a common kind of talking point not even like a talking point but like a common argument um, like free college people are like well, if you want free college, that means you want millionaires' kids and billionaires' kids to have free college too, right? right. Like, yeah, yeah. I want everybody to have the same access to everything. Exactly. Otherwise, we're not living in a fair society. Exactly. We're not living in a fair society at all, and it's not just unfair to certain ethnicities. It's unfair to to people who basically don't want to be sheep. You know, I don't I don't want to be told to do this or told to do that or put in my place. I want to live free, as free as this country is for a lot of other people. Absolutely. And it's just, a, it's a lot of, and what really opened my eyes was the rest of the world. Like, you know, over in England and, you know, places like that, that just, and especially Australia what's going on over there is horrible, but it's just like what's going on over here. I mean, everybody's tired. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Seeing it, the protests across the world really, really sells it. It, is, it isn't just like the civil rights protest, the civil rights movement has gone beyond the idea of, you know, ending segregation and all that. It, it's still like, how do I say this? It's not, it's to the point where it's not about boosting one class. Right. It's about boosting right. the power structure. Right. That forces it, like, arbitrarily, like, tricks people into thinking that if another person is lower than them, that they're doing better, but mm-hmm. they're not. That's, that's true. Like, so many people, like, like the older, older people, like, the boomers and all that who bought their houses when they were cheap and, you know, or inflation, all that made it completely untenable to own a home. Right. Um, they're not like, they're not on cloud nine. They're not living perfect lives. Like so many of them have stuff like diabetes that can't be treated. Mm-hmm. Or 
some of them like so many people now have to work past 60 and like can't retire like we we work with plenty of them yeah and the system forces us to do that exactly we're seeing across the world this rebellion against essentially a rebellion against the police, the idea of the police. I think that's an important part of it because mm-hmm. the police have been such such a factor of enforcing the status quo, not just across racial lines, right. but across financial lines. Very good point. There are, it's, it's a really, really common talking point on like the far left, that the police are not agents of peace, they're agents of capital. Right. And there was a whole like war right after World War One with this coal mine union who were tired of being mistreated. Mm-hmm. Like back in the back in the nineteen nineteen twenties, if you worked in a coal mine, you lived in that coal mine. Wow. Your family lived at the foot of it. There was a special like the mine had its own currency. Really? And it yeah. Was, oh, yeah. It, it's worth looking into because it's it's fascinating just to see how far we've come. Mm-hmm. But there was a union that was essentially just fighting to have the authority to like unionize and demand better pay. And the union called in strike breakers, Pinkerton, and eventually the U.S. Army. And there was a straight-up micro-civil war like South Virginia, South Carolina, or West Virginia, um, with like army planes, and it's, it hasn't changed too much. Right, it sure hasn't. It sure hasn't changed. I mean, it's it's <clears throat> it's to the point. I mean, look at our you know contracts and stuff like that. That's pretty much the same same thing. I mean. We're a bit more civil now, but back in the seventies, you know how the union was. They were basically the mafia. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, there's a there's a certain part of me that wants something like that to come back. I mean, this last contract, I went to a meeting for it, or I went to the vote for it, uh-huh. and the union the union president he was up there on the podium and he's like, "Oh, this is the best contract we've ever gotten." Wow. Everybody threw it. And it's fucking nothing. If, like, there were some moderate, like, pay cap raises, uh-huh. and there were bonuses you could get if you were already pay capped, mm-hmm. so much of it is just inaccessible to new hires or people who got hired from shop and save or wherever. And it just, it blew my mind that we were, like, we were going to settle for this. Yeah. It, blew my, it blows my mind even more just to see how the union lets the company handled the coronavirus. Right. Like, right. <laughs> That's a big I, one right there. I was talking to a lot of, uh, pretty much anybody who would listen, um, when we were doing, when we were having like the counting of the customers coming in the front door. Yeah. And there was no way we would ever reach that because it was counted on like square footage. And I'm pretty sure it was counted right. like the back rooms and the upstairs and all that. Mm-hmm. Was, we were letting way too many people. We still way are. Way too many people. We still, exactly. We still are. We still are letting way too many people come into the store and it's not, 
not to say that we don't clean, but the way that they clean, there isn't a deep, yeah. you know, there, there, there isn't that, there isn't that anywhere. <laughs> Even then, the cleaning is really only one, like, fat, one part of it. Right. You, the best thing to do is like, wear the mask. Right. If you are spreading it, if you're in a, uh, uh, asymptomatic, mm-hmm. asymptomatic, really, uh, is to wear gloves when you get in the store. Right. And the biggest, the most important thing is social distancing, staying that six to ten feet away, which you can't do when you're letting in like 100, 200, 300 people. Yeah, exactly. Narrow, like, narrow, like five foot wide aisles. Exactly. How, are you gonna, how is anybody going to social distance that now? Like, pull an aisle with like, you can reach both sides of the aisle if you spread your arms out. Right. But yeah. That's, 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 that's a tough thing. Yeah, you're right. I mean, like, it's it's not hard to do. I mean, we can cut down hours, but like you said, it would even it would possibly be even worse if we cut down hours because everybody would just flood the stores. Yeah, yeah, everybody would flood the stores, and there's no way that we could do that. I mean, even if it was just Instacart workers, it would still possibly be a problem because they would flood the stores. I mean, there's the, they're doing they're doing God work, right? I try to I try to thank everyone I see, and they all look at me like, "What are you talking about? You stupid!" But every person that somebody from like Instacart or um, DoorDash or whatever keeps home is somebody who's like not transmitting it, not right. receiving it, not hearing it. True, because there's not gonna there's not gonna end anytime soon. Because like we've talked about before, there's so many different variables and so many different ways we need to affect everything. Because we don't just want to fix one thing. Like everything that has shown me this year alone, we have a lot of problems. And as soon as that rug was pulled up and picked up, we see all of it now. Like everybody's exposed. Everybody. They're good and they're bad is exposed. You know, people are really seeing a lot within themselves. And like you and me, like we said a couple of days ago, we want to do more. We we want to do more. Like like you said, you went to meetings. I'm talking to so many different people. I'm trying to get so many people on this on this podcast and beyond just to get this conversation heard to more and more and more people. Because we we talk a lot about it at work but that's only in so many quick little intervals because we got to get back to work but now we're able to put it out there more and I have um, another person I'm going to talk to later this week he's a school teacher in oh my gosh he's one of the only black school teachers and I want to say whatever is in the Ladue district I'm not too sure I forget but He's one of the only black school teachers there. And even before all of this, just the things he would say. And plus, he's like my spiritual advisor. So it's like I'm trying to get everybody I know just to get their ideas and get how we should affect this. Like with what you're saying, with everything that we need to do now 
instead of just thinking about it, instead of just saying, oh, you're right, you're right. No, how can I help you? You know, right. what do you need? Like, let's let's get together like like you and myself, like we're getting together to actually try to be something, be a part of change because yeah. it, it will change. Yeah, it'll happen like you said yeah it'll most definitely happen but I'm gonna let you go because I know you gotta get ready for six, 6 o'clock right yeah 6 o'clock and do you do it out of your house or friends home or? yeah uh, we do it through or we play through uh, digital clients oh okay there's a lot of stuff online for that okay there you go he's a Go ahead and tell everybody, because if I say it wrong, you're not going to speak to me again. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a huge Dungeons and Dragons story. He's a Dungeons and Dragons. Is it Dungeon Master? Yeah. Okay, Dungeon Master. I'm a comic book nerd, but you guys already know that. So, <laughs> Hey, speaking of that, um, have you heard of, if, if I get this name wrong, Apotheses Comics on Grand? It's real close. Uh, Grand and Arsenal's right there, close to uh, Faux Grand. It's a real popular um, Vietnamese restaurant. Yeah, I used to look up there. Yeah, this comic book store was just built. I want to say three, two, three years ago, maybe. And they, well, they did before COVID started. They they used to hold, you know, dungeon tournaments and Pokemon tournaments and all of that stuff. And they actually just started, just opened back up last week. And um, I'm gonna get a flyer and I'll bring it bring it to work one day and show it to you. But they're very very good. The guy that owns it, wonderful man, wonderful man. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. Yeah. Geeks gotta support each other. Exactly, geeks gotta support each other no matter what you look like. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, thank you, Matt. Man, you have a good night. You work tomorrow. Yes, sir. I'll see you then. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you so much, man. You as well. Uh, I hope you guys, one, I hope I hope you heard it. It's really kind of hard to get together with people. Um, Like now, you know, you guys know that it's really hard to get together with people, but hopefully you heard it. If you needed to turn your volume up, please do. But the things that he opened me up to, you know, I was hoping to give to you all, my listeners and beyond. So hopefully you guys learn something and are able to, have these conversations in your area and just spread it as much as you can. That's all we need. Spread it as much as you can and just try to realize that we must be a part of this. You know, you don't necessarily have to march or you don't necessarily have to, you know, or put a sign in your yard or something like that. You don't, you don't have to write a blog or something, but just do something that's a something positive, something that affects change, something that that gets what you feel and how you feel out safely because so many people are, are struggling with how to help and there's so many different ways, so many different ways. <laughs>